we are back with another episode of On the D-Lo. This is episode 97. Yeah, broaching 100. Um, I don't know who the 100 guest will be yet, but uh, coming up here pretty quick. So um, I am so excited to... I, Laura, how long have I known you? Uh, nine years. Nine years. Nine years. Are you sure Like it wasn't three years prior to that, too? Um, maybe it... Well, okay. Yeah, we're on our ninth year anniversary, so yeah. it was probably the year before. Right. And actually, I only know about the ambassador group and, and met you um, from a, another entrepreneur person who's like, I need insurance, and she sent me to the ambassador group. Um, uh, Rebecca Ashby, actually. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and I don't even, she doesn't do anything in this world anymore, so, but she was the one that's like, hey, we get our insurance through, and and I'm like, great, I need it, so. What a small world. Yeah. I, I remember, like, it was yesterday, talking to you on the phone, and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to open up a brewery. Cool. You know, and this is, I mean, we're talking like nine, ten years ago, Mm -hmm. like, breweries were existent but not existent like they are now that is correct yeah yeah Yeah. it was definitely a unique thing and in the west valley specifically there weren't any nothing Uh, i remember when we were actually in build out and the sign went up and it said saddle mountain brewing company and these um two kids were walking by probably in their 20s um and he's like oh coffee shop right and i'm like Nope. Nope. Beer. <laughs> yeah. Kind of deal. So. I've I've uh, handsomely or beautifully displayed some of the uh, some of the art on some of the beers that they that they have that they can and um, I I love I, I, I marketing should have been your degree. Oh, probably not. But I do enjoy it. I, <laughs> I did I did it one time when I went I went to school for elementary education. Yeah. And art and business at NAU, right? at, at NAU. Yeah. But when I was on hiatus from NAU for one year for a whole story, it's its own podcast story. Um, I was in marketing for like a little bit and I've always thought I should have done that. I yeah. should have. I mean, I love what I do. Don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoy being a business owner, but that was always like, I think I could have done that. Come up with slogans and uh, conceptual ideas for advertisement and but you, know, you but you I'll do are. it and I'll do it next. I'll just do it next. <laughs> you are doing it for what you have now, you know, and that's what's so great, you know. And when you look at, um, I mean, this last what was it three weeks ago at the award uh-huh. show? What did you uh-huh. win some awards for? So we won for actually a lot of these here, not for Hopson, but we won um, for the American Wheat. We got a bronze for which actually won gold in the World Beer Cup same year. Mm. So that's yes, huge. A little small brag, a little um, that you know best American weed in the world, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, but Strawberry Bitch, the can label for Strawberry Bitch, won a gold. And I think the Kolsch won a bronze. And that's a whole nother roller derby girl. So yeah. I'm currently on a, it's all nose art. It's all um, vintage aircraft nose art. That's right. the premise of all the labels. Um, but with that, I decided to take some of the names from it and go on a roller derby girl series. So I will make four. Currently we have two. Yeah. So I have, I don't even know what the two new beers will be that we will throw a roller derby girl on but have you have you thought about bringing the roller derby girls to life uh i have actually i have a young employee who works in the kitchen and she actually she doesn't roller derby but she skates like on roller skates and so she's willing to go do some spot ads john my uh, marketing manager guy he and very social media he's very good at all that so he's going to take her out and kind of advertise but we wanted more cans of roller derby girls before we before you did that yeah yeah, what, what, yeah. That. again yeah. a great a great marketing tactic i love it um tell me about the nose art where, where did that so ex-husband yeah. pilot 
um, and we were coming up with the themes of what this brewery would be, and, and I loved vintage aircraft, so did he. Yeah. And uh, so I just found some art in general, and as we open and we start to need to name things, it's like, well, what direction do you go in? Mm-hmm. And so we started out truly by aviation-themed names, right? You know, I think one of our first beers was um, Chasing Tail, which, <laughs> you know, was really a dogfight between airplanes, not, uh, not, but it was, the connotations was that it was kind of fun to say and all yeah. that. And, stuff. and then we had named a, a red ale, like Tuskegee Airmen, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, as it morphed and you're like, man, it's getting hard to think of things. Right. Um, you know, we had a beer that was blueberry flavored that was wild blue yonder. You know, we just try to keep it in that genre. Yeah. Um, so nose art is what I kept leading to. I just right. kept leading to different nose art concepts and strawberry bitch being one of those. Um, and then I just, you know, and I'll tell you, that is a social media gold mine, you know, the concept, the bitch is back because at first it wasn't a beer we brewed all the time. So then when it came back on the tap list, everyone's like, Oh my God, the bitch is back. Let's get like, how great is that? Yeah. And, and people love to order it and it's talked about all the time. So, and I didn't develop that name. I mean, I stole it off a piece of right. bomber art. It's a B 24 bomber that had strawberry bitch on it. Yeah. Not that art, but that name. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, we just kind of decided we'll just logo everything like it's an airplane so if you look at the labels they have rivets like you know it's put together like an airplane and then we're just going to create nose art and we get to name it whatever we want that's awesome and hop snob is named after um one of my besties in the whole world she actually works for me now she definitely helped me get it open administratively she does all the the stuff i hate to do which is back of the house stuff um She's great, and she is a hop snob. Um, I want to say back in, like, 2011, 2010, Strong Beer Festival is out. And this is when Strong Beer Festival was Strong Beer Festival. Right. And um, when we go, and my ex-husband at the time was a big amber, red kind of—he brewed, homebrewed a lot. So we had a lot of that in the house, and that's what we all drank. Everybody liked very malty things, you know. So we go to the Strong Beer Festival, and it's all IPAs. And we all cussed a lot. Like, <laughs> I'm going to say it. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> Why are people drinking perfume? Why is this a flavor people like? Because even though they were becoming popular, they weren't overly popular yet. Yeah. So, um, but moving forward, she just got very used to that piney, resiny, you know, grapefruity kind of flavoring. And now you can't not hand her a light beer or a malted beer. You mm. can't. She's like, it's all hops all day long. And she really likes juicy IPAs. Um, very uh, low IBUs, but really, really piney or, or fruit flavored kind of thing. So. Yeah. So, so you're on the, like, that being said, like with all the stuff that you guys produce that nobody else produces obviously because it's exclusive to you like how how far out do people travel to come to your place well i'd like to say really really far we're on i-10 heading towards los angeles you know so we do get that traveler going to and from california a lot um I just got an email today. This guy in Colorado sure wants clandestine in Colorado. How can I get it? And I'm like, sorry, I don't just, you know, I don't even distribute out much out of the West Valley yet. But um, uh, so I really, we see people, I get people from Chandler, Mesa often, um, you know, people we know or know of us come over. We've had since clandestine has won so many awards that are nationally recognized. Sorry. um, That, uh, we do have a lot of inquiries. How can I get it? Where can I get it? You know, that kind of thing. But truth be known, um, Saddle Mountain grew in its inside those four walls 
so much over the last nine years yeah. um, that I just keep producing more, but we keep selling it. <laughs> and as you know, in the industry, the best dollar I'm ever going to make is in my own tap room, right? Yes. In, over the tap. So we just have not really been a power distributor yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. But you're having fun. You're enjoying oh, it. Being in your four walls, doing your thing. I, and we're not always in the four walls. We definitely are in the community. But it seems to be very West Valley centric. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the West Valley out here, for those of you that don't know, is booming in Arizona it is. right now. I mean, there's nowhere else to go. I think go. Goodyear is is like the number one growing city in the nation at yeah. the moment. And, and did you have the foresight like ten years ago to realize that that was going to grow out that way? No, honestly. Again, just I think God puts people in your path and things in your path that you're intended to do. Yeah. Pay attention, see the burning bush kind of thing, and. Um, the building that we're in was for sale. Yeah. And Jacob um, kept looking around and rent prices were insane. And, and at this time, even though I'd owned other businesses and we had sold them, um, rent was something I'd never done before. Yeah. I had always owned everything. So it was like, are you kidding me? I could get a loan and pay for everything for what I'm paying, making a payment on rent. Why would I give somebody else my hard-earned dollar? when? I, so when we found the building, Luckily speaking, it was in the right spot. It was in the mm -hmm. right neighborhood. It was something we could afford. It, it, it has done very well for us. So, um, yeah, with that being said, I just I think it's happenstance or yeah. divine intervention or whatever you want to call that. It, it, it was calling for you. So here's something really important that I want people to know about you, because I've always been intrigued and like I, I feel... Hmm, I feel like I'm in royalty right now. So I, I want to ask you about it. So you get a BS in elementary education. I do. Right. Okay. At NAU, uh -huh. okay, where it's freezing ass cold and there's not much to do up there um, except outdoor stuff. But all that aside, I went to NAU for a year and, and I froze and had to go to ASU. <laughs> How in the heck do you become an owner of a small town after that? Oh, that's funny. Well, I was just part of that. My parents were a part of that, too. So um, my dad, God bless him, has always been get rich quick. How can I do that? I love him. Didn't really work out, but a lot of things. So he, um, in, in the days of my existence, um, we've owned small apartment complexes, shrimping boats in Caborca, Mexico, or not in Caborca, but in down in Rocky Point, Mexico, um, a brick factory in Caborca, Mexico, um, bought and sold different things. Um, when we owned 10 acres out in the middle of nowhere, I was allowed, and my sister and I were allowed to have any farm animal we could imagine. Wow. My parents would buy it. We'd build a fence. We'd put, you know, so it was always very generous in nature. And he, and he always told me growing up, if you can give me a business plan, if you can tell me how this will make you money, he'll invest. Whether that's $5 for a lemonade stand or $5,000, that was my keys, yeah. um, sorry, uh, $5,000 for a car or yeah. whatever that is. And, um, and the proof is in the pudding. He, when I was younger and I sold uh, pigs and, and sheep at 4-H FFA at the county fair and the state fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> Let me just, uh, yeah. <laughs> but with that money, I loved VW Bugs. I loved them. Okay. I still do. I would have a fleet. Really? If I, yeah. And I wish I'd have kept all the ones I owned. But my very first kind of delved into making money as a business that wasn't overly labor intensive because I also cleaned the trailers in the trailer park of the one my dad opened that had 10 spots. It wasn't big. It was in, on our 10 acres. He put in 10 trailer park spots. 
and those guys worked at Palo Verde mm. during the outage, and I would be, I was like eight or nine years old, and I'd go over there, and I'd do their dishes, and I would put iced tea outside, and I would sweep, and I would make their beds, and then I would go, because they were all at work, right? They'd leave me the keys, and they'd pay me 20 bucks a week or whatever. And that whatever. was like legal back in the 70s or, or... I don't even know if it was legal. It was my business. I'm like, hey, I want to go do this. I want to make money. You were an entrepreneur. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to do out. that. Yeah. So back to the VW story. So I sold these pigs and stuff, and I said, Dad, I want to own... A VW, and I think I was nine or ten. I wasn't very old, so he had to buy it, right? But he bought it, and I drove it in the middle of nowhere on dirt <laughs> roads. I would go to the store and get sour cream. I remember my mom would like go get sour cream, and I was nine or ten years old, oh and I was driving down the road. And so, um, when he, we had this trailer park, there was like these guys coming in for the outage that were from Saudi Arabia, and I cannot remember the man's name, but he was from Saudi Arabia. And my dad suggests, hey. He flew here. He could use a vehicle to drive the three miles from our house to Palo Verde, because we lived out there, right? Um, why don't you rent him that VW buck? Like 50 bucks a month or something like that. And I'm like, and he came back a few years in a row, and every time he'd come back, I'd rent him a car. Right. You know, so, and then I bought other ones and kind of did that same thing. So, as, and then my very first car that I drove, drove to school, like to high school and stuff, when I was 14, by the way, I was not old enough to drive, but I still drove to school um, in Buckeye at Buckeye High School. Uh, you know, my first was a 1971 bug, and I love them. I mean, I love them to this day. And yeah. had I just kept all of those stupid things, I'd have a little nice little nest egg because they're worth some money now. Oh, yeah, they're antiques. Yeah. But I bought them for 250 bucks, 300 bucks. I think the most expensive VW I bought was 450 Man. Yeah, you know. It's funny how we will revert back to our childhood on things that we loved and then we did and we still love today, mm -hmm. you know? I do. Yeah. They're beautiful. I don't, I'm six foot tall. I don't necessarily fit easily in yeah. them, but I love them. But I was six foot tall in high school, too, so yeah. I mean, that's what I drove. And you know your friends are all assholes, and they pick your car up and put it over the curb at the parking lot, so you had a pain in the butt to have to deal with when you got out of school. You know they did it as prankster kind of stuff, right? But I'm so, like, I need a heavier car, so they can't do. They can't that. do that to you. So where is Wintersburg? So Wintersburg is off exit uh, 98 on the interstate on Interstate 10. Okay. So is literally right there. So. There was a guy by the last name of Winters who homesteaded the area back in, I don't know, pick a date before modern civilization. And that was kind of when yeah. he was there. And so they ended up naming. And it's not an actual or official town. Tonopah is the Tonopah, more where right. the post office is. But Wintersburg was this homesteaded area that this man did. So there's a property then. And Palo Verde's on it in, in Wintersburg. That's okay. actually where Palo Verde is. So, um, and, yeah. and, and do you just go to the, like, how do you buy a town? Like, well, I didn't. We built a town, kind of. Well, at. so there was um, a general store called uh, the Red Quail. And on the corner, there was a bar called the Boondocks. Now, on the corner, the bar had been multiple things over the course of history okay. and had burned and rebuilt and burned and rebuilt. And so by the time my dad, who's driving, who worked at Palo Verde, who's like, I want to buy it. It was up. I don't even know if it was for sale, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But everything's for self at the right price, right? Yeah, so sure. um, he dry, he comes home one day and tells my mom, who was also a school teacher at the time, and I'm just now leaving high school, going into college when all this transpires, 92. Um, they want, my dad wants to buy it. And so he ends up borrowing money from a friend of his for the down payment. And then the note was, I don't know if they got a loan from the bank. I kind of think they did. Yeah. Or they, or the owner, 
held the note for them or something like that. But um, uh, he ended up buying it for considerably today a very small amount of money. At the time, it seemed like a lot, and it right. was a little scary. But And it came with a trailer park behind it. Okay. And the reason that all existed was when they were building Palo Verde, um, the trailer park was so needed for those construction workers and for everybody out there. And uh, I can't remember his name. I think it was Ron, might have been Ron Masterson or something like that, who owned it at the time. And he put so many travel trailers on these pedestals, right? Legally, you have one travel one trailer per pedestal. Mm. Well, but it was cash cow because all these guys were going to pay this rent. So he'd put three, four, five on one, one pedestal. pedestal yeah. The state would come out and find him. And he's like, all day long. There you go. Pay find me fine. all day long because yeah. I am absolutely making bank here. And so during its construction period, it, he made tons yeah. of money, right? Like just tons of money. But then the construction finished and regular everyday life happens and it wasn't as lucrative. And I'm sure you lose interest and your employees don't do a good job for you or whatever that is. And it just went downhill. Yeah. But my dad drove by it every day on the way to work and he just get rich quick, right? Let me just buy it. See, so my mom te- quits teaching school. I come down almost every weekend from yeah. NAU to help her. Okay. And she paid everybody with Pencil and ledger. Like, there was no QuickBooks. There was no No. electronic anything. She wrote a check every week to everybody, and she figured it out mathematically with a calculator, you know what I mean, to pay the taxes and all that kind of stuff. And and so, um, and that continued until I was out of college, and then I was a school teacher right down the road from this little town. So I helped her when I got back out and I said, you know what, I'm going to get QuickBooks and I'm going to help you understand this. And we're going to start paying everybody every two weeks instead of every week and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so that was kind of my genuine real business kind of launch, Yeah. you know, because I've done a ton of things. I was a florist for a while and I owned a photography company for a while and, you know, all this kind of stuff, all of which I created, developed, went and paid 50 bucks for the business license. And you're a true entrepreneur. Yeah, I got I got a lot of my dad in me for sure, great. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think people need to hear that. I mean, but he um, he worked, so mom quits teaching. I help, and she, my mom does a phenomenal job. Figures out how to fill the trailer park with people again. And at one point, we charged twenty five dollars a month per space because it was dead empty. Yeah, and if you can get that word of mouth out there, everybody wants to rent a spot for twenty five bucks a month, right? Why not? And then after a year. It, now it's sixty five dollars, but still a scooping deal. Well, but, yeah. you're, you're you're you have the mountains there. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Be beautiful. It's right? beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when we actually sold that entire business, a little gas station, the the RV park, and the general store, we sold it in ninety six. Okay. Those people did not do a great job. They end up failing and but my dad had carried the second or the note in second position okay not a great plan you want to be first First, because you're the guy where all the clout happens (laughs) um so we ended up having to fight to get it back okay in bankruptcy court with these people and we do we get it back in 2000 but the property on the corner where the boondocks had sat was still theirs they had bought more in the time they had bought our part they had bought adjacent land. Um, and so that goes into a trustee, right? Because they filed bankruptcy, they're not paying anybody. So basically it goes into a trustee. Um, and while it sat with no one there, it, one of the beer coolers on the inside had caught on fire. Oh boy. Smolders and ruins the entire inside, but it was a brick building. So just ruined the inside. Um, and so it went up for auction and I talked to my dad and I said, I want it. And so he goes, okay, let's make it happen. So he helped me buy that. um, And it came with 56 acres, 11 of which were commercial. Came with a number. And for all you alcohol 
people, it came with a number six liquor license, wow. which at the time was about a $75,000 value. Yeah. I think now they're like 150 or something. Um, but it's like, holy cow, bought it for $97,000, all of it. Like the liquor license was worth most of that, right? And so that was a scoop and deal. So I ended up getting a small business loan to renovate it, to put a second story on it, to put a 3,600 square foot patio on it. Um, I, Mom and I built a wedding chapel out back, which was really storage, but the front was pretty and rustic wow. and cute. So we could have weddings out there and um, ended up having a big equipment rental yard. I put in a used car dealership and a beauty salon. Now, don't, when I say I, I do truly mean my parents were a part of all of that. Yeah. I didn't do it just solely by myself, but I ran it all. And But you learned the aspect of business. All and of it and work. getting yeah, permits everything. and yeah, yeah, all of that kind of stuff and what it takes yeah. to Yeah. So eventually that. you sell off all of that. And we sold that in 2006. Okay. And it was that money that helped my parents retire well Great. and helped um, Jacob and I open Saddle Mountain Brewing Company. Because you were not retiring at this point. I had retired because we held the no because we we acted as the bank on that yeah. cell in 06. Yeah. So I was getting a nice payment no, every month because we were... The point I'm making is... But I was retired for eight blood. years. Yeah, it's yeah. not in your blood. Oh, no, to, to sit around for too something. terribly long. Yeah. yeah. Which, speaking of which, you, you opened up this beautiful brewery, and now, you know, during this time, you're opening up a, you know, another place called New Penny Cafe, yeah. which just opened. That opened in January of this year in yeah. Avondale. Mm -hmm. and, and I have partners on that. So, right. So, yeah. and there were some some ladies that had a coffee shop down the down the strip from you? Yeah. Um, Denny and Brittany, um, their story's awesome. It's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But they basically bought an already existing coffee shop that was failing and turned it around in less than a year to be really profitable. And um, But they did all the work. And you know, with New Penny, too, I will say, um, I came in, said, hey, I have a little bit more money and... I'll be that person. I will help us get it open. They'd never built anything yeah. before that, you know. Um, and so I kind of came in. I said, but I don't want to be, I don't want to manage. I don't want to hire and fire people. Right. I will help you get Amen. menus decided upon. I will be our bank, you know, so we don't yeah. have to go get a loan um, and that kind of stuff. And they are doing a kick-ass job. They That's really, really are. I mean, I get to go in and just claim it, you know, like, oh, it's me. It's but fine. really, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But the reality is they do most of the work. With, with your current businesses now, how much, um, how much have you learned over time with, you know, really... Um, really focused on everything from the quality of the food to the um, to the branding to obviously the quality of the beer, which we had talked about. Like, how much how much learning has that taken over the last ten years? Oh my gosh, so so much. I think I learned a lot in the early businesses yeah. that I got to put on this. But the reality was, when I had those early businesses, they were in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I got to make mistakes nobody knows about right. because no one was there to see it. <laughs> when I make a mistake. In the middle of Goodyear, quite a few people notice, right? You're like, yeah. oh, crap. And they'll let you um, know real quick. So that was the new, that was a big part of the new lesson yeah. was like, oh, my gosh, um, you know, just a lot of eyes. You know, you're in a fishbowl. They are looking at you and everybody's paying attention. And when the mistake happens or when something bad goes, everybody knows. Yeah. They also know when great things happen. So it's not bad. It's just what right. it is. But it's uh, and I would say the community as a whole being involved with Goodyear government. All of that is is fun. It's I love it. I love that 
most of Goodyear's employees come in and have a beer after work, or they have their meetings there, or, yeah. you know, we help them out in some capacity. I have a great team that really steps up and does all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the lessons are, I mean, I learned them today. You know, there's a lesson I learned today. I'm not exactly sure what it is at the moment, but, right. um, well, but, but, it, but there is one. <laughs> so with your personality, your demeanor, your experience, your ability, you know, working from as a, as a child till now, you know, got your education in line, um, have obviously exceeded probably 99% of the people in the human population of things that go on. What has it been like to be a woman in brewing? in, you know, that, that world? Has it been any sort of obstacle for you? Not personally. Now, yeah. I have friends and acquaintances and people in the industry that have seen some hardships, and I don't know if that's um, just like sexism or exactly what that is, yeah. but, but I'm, I, I don't deny that that exists. Right. I don't know if it is my stature. I don't know if it is... I just don't let it affect me. Yeah. I don't know if it doesn't happen. I don't know if it does happen and I'm just obtuse and I didn't see it. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, but on a daily basis, I do not feel as though that kind of stuff happens to me. I, and, yeah. I, and, and I don't mean to be arrogant about that. That's not, that's not the point, but I just don't. If I go in and talk to somebody, I usually get the job done. I don't have to jump over a lot of hoops for that. I don't know if it's because I'm forceful or blunt or well, I don't know what it is or I, just know what I want and I just don't take no for an answer. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of all that and the energy that you, you know, that you have, that you exude that I think is is warming, but also um, it, it's also authoritative in, in the essence of like, oh, my God, you know, I want to listen to you because I'll give you an example. Like if my wife and I go out to go buy a. Uh, a TV or a washer or whatever it is, you better hope, Mr. Salesman, that you're talking to my wife and not me because she's making those decisions. Right. You know? Right. And that's the thing that I don't get in this day and age is where people don't lend the repository. I don't even know the word I'm talking because I'm not that smart. My wife's a smart one. Um, they don't lend the respect to women. Women. Exactly. Now I do so see weird. that, but I usually see it in other situations. Yeah. The only, I can there's one recall that I had um, recently talking about needing to give loan information or right. business information to the loan people because you have to do that annually so they make sure you're not going out of business yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I remember going, I run this place. I do all the book work. I make and break all the decisions. You know, my ex-husband had a job. He did his own thing. Not that he wasn't there, but it just he didn't run it. Yeah. So it pissed me off, <laughs> even though my name's on the loan, the top name, all the stuff, that they would send him right. the questioning information. Hey, we need to get this information from you. Well, he just has to forward it to me. It's like, yeah. I went in, I'm the top dog on the loan. I have more majority shares of this business. Why is it that you are the one everyone sends the questions to or the emails to? You know, so that always kind of just irked me. Again, I it just was a small irk and no big deal. It's but understanding I also, the relationship. But I also sent that email back. In the future, all your correspondence needs to come to blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of deal. Because it's like, I don't want to be the third party in this thing. No. I need you to talk directly to me. I'm the one with the information. Yeah. Uh, and so that I remember that one thing kind of being like, huh, 
he's not even on the top of the paper like I am. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Sweat and tears. What but you... I mean, legally, yeah. on the documentation, it's me. Yeah. So I didn't, uh, I didn't always understand why that was what happened. But it also was, all right, we're a couple. We started this. But um, now that we're not a couple, now it is uh, solely a woman-owned business yeah. and, and stuff like that. Which, so. is, which is awesome. Um, what is a day in your life? What is your ultimate day? What is something like you wake up and you're like, awesome. You know, like I, like for just an example, so you can kind of relate. Like I get up, my dogs are right there with me. I have my coffee. I like to read a little bit, do some, you know, meditation, that sort of thing. Like, what is it for you that gets your day going and keeps going? Um, to know the night before the thing I must do in the morning, mm. I need motivation because if there isn't something to do, I am lazy AF. <laughs> I am inherently a lazy. And people will say, nah, we look at you. You're always doing something. That may be true. But the person inside's lazy. I love I, You know what I mean? It's like I do because I need to get things done. It's it's. Uh, I'm driven by probably procrastination. Okay. I think my daughter is the same way. Like, yeah. man, she is so smart. She is like Mensa kind of smart kid. Um, but she only gets it done in the last five minutes. You know what I mean? Like right. that's just how yeah. she either gets that for me or, or it's just a part of who we are. Um, but I do, I need to know, here's my plan for tomorrow. Yeah. And then based on that plan, I get up and go, or I don't get up at all. You know what I mean? Or, Oh, I don't have anything till noon. Guess who's in bed till 1140. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? I just am. I, I enjoy downtime. I don't always give it to myself, mm -hmm. but when I do, I then feel super guilty. Yeah. I feel like, man, I ain't getting anything done today. My kids will even tell you, oh, on my day off, I still built something in the backyard or baked 40 things. Or yeah. she goes, your day of relaxing mom is not sitting on the couch. Right. And if I do, it's an hour tops and then I'm cleaning something or repairing something in the backyard or, yeah. you know, doing that. So I, I don't know. I wish my motivation was oh, let's be super healthy and get up like you and meditate. And, <laughs> and, you know, it just isn't. My mind spins constantly. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Do you sleep well? Like, I do not. You, okay. No, no, so I do not sleep eight well. 8 o'clock, my head's on, down on the pillow. I'm out till 4 the next day. Yeah, I probably go to bed if I can before 10. Yeah. And 1 a.m. I might doze off. Yeah. And 3 a.m. I'm up again. And I might doze off again by 5. And then by 7.30 when my kid gets up to go to school, I'm up again, you know, helping with that situation. And then that's it. Then I start. So sometimes... I would love to say I hit the pillow and eight hours later yeah. I sprung awake, lively and fun and but I, and I and I am not a morning person. I am not. Yeah. God bless America. I am not a morning person. Yeah. You you and I would not do well living together. Yeah. Right. Um, or or if you like your peace. Yeah. Then we do great because yeah, you would get up and do your stuff and <laughs> you would have the whole house to yourself because I'd be up there not doing anything. You know, yeah, you'd be here and weight slamming and inhaling <laughs> crank and my wife comes out half the time like with her hair a mess and her cough in her hand. <laughs> She's looking at me. She's like, what are you doing? Right. Like, it's so loud in here. I'm just like, what? I'm working out, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is funny. Um, what about non-negotiables for you as far as, like, you know, like, is it, like, you, you got to do some traveling every year? You got to, like, 
maybe do home cooked meals for your kids every so often? Like, what are some? Really, oh, I like, cook non- every day. Yeah, I cook every day. I, I've seen yeah. on your. This, yeah. this is good. Too. And I don't cook with low fat, and I don't cook yeah. with non carbs. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, no, I do. I and I enjoy cooking. Yeah. I very much do. And um, when everyone says, "Oh my God, you're such a good cooker. You love to cook," once you open a restaurant, you realize if you open the restaurant, you're, not you're never cooking. Right. Like that is not a part of what that is. <laughs> um, so I do. I enjoy it. And I have my daughter, who's 23 now. She is really starting to come into her. And she made tamales the first time in her whole life, and we had no lard. So I'm like, "Oh, there's that wagyu beef tallow. Use that." Mm. Oh my God, the tamales were delicious. And I don't even like tamales, but yeah, <laughs> you know, they were very, very good. So um, she's starting to understand. I left the house today, and there's a bowl on the counter, and I look down, and it's brownie batter. Right? She's nine o'clock this morning making brownie cookies. I'm like, okay, well, save me two. <laughs> Did she you put know. anything in them? Or? I don't know. Yeah. I, I wasn't there. I was. I was. I, was, I, I had come back because I had to <laughs> change my shirt. I went to the brewery this morning to yeah. bake biscuits for tomorrow's nine-year anniversary. Um, by the way, I make the bomb biscuits. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Some, someone should pay me for making biscuits. That's great. But, so I was going to make these biscuits and it didn't work out. So I'm like, I'm going to go see you. I can't be wearing this shirt with flour all over it. Let me go home and change. And hence the b- brownie batter was there. And I'm like, I wish okay. you would have wore the biscuit shirt. Darn right? it. It just, well, it was pretty coated in flour. So. That's too funny. All right. I have some rapid fire questions for you. Sure. You ready to go? go? Yeah. Okay. Planes, trains, or automobiles? Um, planes, you go further. Okay. Automobiles because it's daily, trains because it's romantic. Hmm. I've never been on a train. I'm gonna have to try that. It's awesome. Do that. Okay. Uh, aliens or Bigfoot? Uh, I believe in aliens. I think Bigfoot's non-existent. Okay. Because I just can't imagine in the entire universe of all things that we are the only intelligent being out there. You said that we're intelligent? Yeah. (laughs) That we're the only one that could possibly create space flight and go places. Or, you know, I mean, we haven't explored anything of our existence. No, we have not. I have to play the alien song. Mm. I just don't want to meet an alien. But we probably already have. We probably already have. I I think Conspiracy theorist. Yeah. I think a Diddy. Um, Star Wars or The Notebook? Star Wars. Okay. Good. Good call. I don't think I've seen The Notebook. I had to when I was dating some chick. Is it a chick flick? It's, you know what? Okay, here's the deal with the notebook. It will make you lose your shit at the end. It's probably one of the most, yeah, it's probably one of the most romantic, beautiful things you'll ever see. Yeah, it's like the the ending part is just like, uh, it's all like what life is about. Really? Yeah. I might have to watch it, but those, oh, so, but as a third secret answer, I thoroughly enjoy B flick poorly filmed chick flicks <laughs> like the Hallmark Channel or you know what I mean like if it's not well done now I can't handle what was that Valerian movie do you even remember it's like outer spacey movie yeah that's god awful yeah. from the word yes to no like right. it was it was you awful Flash Gordon was that cool. is not my type of movie but a bat like like swingers. Yeah, what swingers a great, great. Yeah, but great it was movie. totally beef flick back in the day. It yeah. wasn't popular, you know, so that kind of stuff. If I can search those out and watch that, and I actually love Indian action cinema, like Bahubali or Triple R, my middle child, my 21-year-old, that is that is good shit. It is so comical, <laughs> and it's so over the top, but if you expect and love that, it's like, watch this movie. Watch them. If you're listening to this, just click on the link below. We got yeah. some Bahubali. Uh, <laughs> Bahubali, yeah. <laughs> Triple Watch Triple R first and then go to Bahubali kind of deal. Oh, but this no. is amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, a coffee or beer? 
Coffee. Okay. Remember, the X yeah. was the beer guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, and God bless Anthony, who's my brewer. Right. Love him. Phenomenal brewer. Yeah. But he's the brewer. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't brew. I have brewed small batch at home, but I have not. What's um, your favorite coffee? Anything the girls make because it's so, so good. good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and I don't drink black coffee because I am a sugar hooker, hence the cheap. <laughs> um, and so if it's not sweet, it's not going down. And I've tried. I've tried to drink black coffee, and I cannot. It's. Just, I'd just rather not have it. Oh, we have a ton of edits out of this one. Don't we? <laughs> um, no, not edits. Like good edits. Like uh, snippets. I meant. Um, okay, breakfast food or barbecue. Never barbecue. Okay. I do not care for smoked anything, and there's a whole podcast story behind that, too. But breakfast food's not for breakfast. I also don't eat breakfast. Okay. I eat brunch and later. Do you I, eat, I need like to be up, like, two hours. Yeah, I love eggs. Yeah, yeah. pancakes. Yeah, but that. not but in the later. morning. Yeah. yeah. I love sweet stuff. A waffle. Ooh. Stuffed French toast with strawberries all over uh, it. It's right of his. Do you ever have He's you ever been to yeah Have you ever been to Los Angeles and gone to the Griddle Cafe in Los Angeles? Probably do so. Best French press coffee ever. But this woman makes pancakes <laughs> the size of you know wagon wheels, but they are so well done, and all of their whipped creams are made in house. They're all flavored, and they do this banana creme brulee uh, with pecans and caramel pancakes. Which five people could eat one plate and there'd still be leftovers on it. So get yourself five people, yeah. order the proteins because you need all that, and order the one thing you can all agree on and you will not finish it, but it is magnificent. Whoa, whoa, Diddy, where are you going? Where, dude, the podcast isn't <laughs> over, dude. You gotta hold on. You can't be getting a big ass pancake somewhere. Oh, that's the Griddle Cafe. Look it up and you can look at her menu online. It's phenomenal. But the French press coffee is very, very good. Do you have any pictures of people that ate the whole thing? I don't think I don't even think it's a challenge thing. It's just yeah. a lot of food. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Two more questions. Mm -hmm. um, dress up or dress down? Up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love clothes. I know. I I, I see on your <laughs> on your uh, on your feed. You you had that one. I I even answered um, like your six outfits you were right because I'm just from. like oh I don't know what I want to wear. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's great. I I wear the same thing every day pretty much. Um, and what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Navy specifically. Yes. Yeah. Look at that. I, I, right. <laughs> I love blue. I, I love blue. Yeah, I do. I love blue. My Bronco's blue. My my bedding is blue. My Half of my walls upstairs are blue. Yeah. Yeah, I just love blue. It is my happy color. I love it. It is the thing I'm drawn to. Your car is beautiful. Thank you. She got a new Bronco. It's, it is beautiful. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm looking right there. How, how, long, how long did it take for that thing to get built? Uh, well, before my divorce, I had ordered one. Yeah. But because of the divorce, I had let it go. Okay. And so then this one, and I've been looking and looking and looking for the exact one I ordered yeah. with all the bells and whistles that I had on it. And they're very difficult to find in the state. You can find a Bronco. Yeah. You can't find the one I wanted. Okay. And so finally, blink, shows up because I have all the warnings, you know, or all the... Whatever that's called. Alerts. What is it called? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Still a warning. I think it should be a warning. Like, you're about to spend a lot of money. <laughs> um, so it finally came up, and I just, I'm like, I want to smile when I walk outside. Same reason I wrapped Sugar Hooker yeah. in a watermelon. I just want joy. Yeah. I think I think happiness is fleeting. I think I can easily sit here and tell you a couple things that would take your happiness away for the moment. It's fleeting. I think people who say, I just want to be happy. No. You want to be content. You want joy. You want love. You want adventure. Happy is fleeting. I love that. Yeah. So I always... 
I uh, try to make things in my life. Hence all my rings. I don't know if you can see them all. They're beautiful. Um, they all tell me things. They're not beautiful. They're just, they're me. They're forks. They're all forks. Yeah. Except for this one, which centers me knowing I'm just a small piece of a bigger thing. And then this one is because everybody needs, I keep doing that. Can you hear that when You're it good. comes on there? Um, I need a hug. I think hugs are very powerful. A yeah. good hug is very powerful. Uh, I, I learned. I think what's beautiful about it is it's the essence of who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it gives that, that persona and that yeah. personality. This was my very first. I bought it in Portland, Oregon. Um, my kids gave me the elephant. Um, this was I stole from Ocean's 44 on my daughter's birthday, and I made a ring out of it. Because there's just memories I have, yeah. and I'm like, that's what I want. Um, this was in Charleston, South Carolina. The it's a, cool. it's a fork bracelet. Um, I just love them. I don't know why. You know when things just speak to you? Yeah. That's it. I, there's no real explanation for it. I just love forks. And not the back ends, but the tines. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> God, it's so unique. All right. What do you want everybody on the podcast to know about your businesses? Where can they go? And I'll put it all in show notes, but just any plugs you want to give? Oh, absolutely. Saddle Mountain Brewing Company, Goodyear, Arizona, um, SaddleMountainBrewing.com. We have Instagram, Facebook, New Penny Cafe, Avondale, Arizona, um, Instagram. I don't know if we do Facebook on that one, but I think she does TikTok too. Um, Phenomenal people. Take me out of the equation. The people who work there in both of those situations are phenomenal people. They really, really are. They are the reason those doors are open. I might have been the reason they broke open the first time, but I am not the reason people come back again and again and again. Because really, you don't see me. I, I mean, I'm there business hours, but I don't know if you've seen my pictures. I'm in the hole. Yeah. Like you have, you know, and I have the hole. It's yep. like SNBC, the hole. Where were you going to be? It's in the back of the brewery. I have a window that looks into the hallway. Yeah. It doesn't look outside. I don't see daylight, you know, but that's usually where I am. Um, Monday through Friday, kind of whatever. But I love yeah. it. I so, love it. But come out and see us. The people are great. The beer is phenomenal. Can't even really take credit for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I one of the lessons that you asked me about earlier is that when you go to work, if you hate going, hmm. then why are you doing that? Right. Put people in your world that you enjoy, that don't give you a headache, that yeah. don't cause, you know, so I thoroughly, I get up in the morning, I don't ever think, oh, I don't want to go. I think, oh, great. Let's see what happens today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And let's see. Now, I hate it when my alarm goes off at 3 a.m. and I have to go over there because the steam kettle is blowing steam everywhere or whatever. But, <laughs> but that's not anything that doesn't happen very often. But. That's beautifully, beautifully wrapped up and said. And, yeah, the, I, the world goes around because of people. You know, it does, and it's nice when you have enjoyable people doing things that, like you said, that we don't necessarily want to do, but maybe they love doing it. So yeah. it's a good team. So it is, and 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 on that world goes around, and people make the world go around. Yeah. But all people do, even the ones you don't like. Right. It's still, I don't know. I just look at it as like, even if I don't care for you. I appreciate that you exist because 100%. either I get to talk about it or you made an impact or maybe I'm not going to be like you, but that's also an impact, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to be that person. So if you didn't exist, maybe I wasn't aware of that. We so. all have our thing. We, we all just have need our to thing. love and respect each other. That's right. That's cool. Well, thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. You Thanks dro- for having me. You this is super million fun. Miles to come be here with I did you. not. It wasn't bad. It. it was only 40 minutes over here. Well, you you get a new car. So that's true. That was good. kind of fun. Yeah. I just talked on the phone the whole way here. So. <laughs> all right. Thank you everybody for, for listening. Please go check out, um, 
her establishments, especially um, you know, if you're out there on the west side, it's like the, the places to go to for sure. And um, thank you for listening to On the Delo. Subscribe, give us a five star, all that good stuff. Like I said, we're coming up on a hundred episodes. Um, and as I said before, I have my mastermind coming up with Jeremy Scott in 2024. We got a lot of applicants. Um, be happy to take on a few more. And until then, peace out.